think of them. Hi and hello and welcome to a special episode of the Somerset Sky Point podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Fogler, joined as always by Miss Wagner. How are you doing today, Miss Wagner? Doing great. It's Friday. It's got to be good. It's going to be an amazing day. This is a special episode because we have our fearless leader, the principal of this school and all the other Somersets, Mr. Esplin. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. It's a fabulous Friday. It's going to be fabulous. Woo-hoo! This is going to be amazing. So this is absolutely amazing what you built at Somerset. Everybody at home, like just the Somerset feeling. So tell us, how did you get to this point where you were in charge and the principal of this school? How did I get to this point? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a long journey. That's that's a journey. Yes. Um, how did I get to Somerset? Uh, there's a gentleman, John Barlow, who used to be the director um, of Somerset. And he reached out to me one day and said, hey, I need you to send me a resume. And I'm like, why do you need a resume? And he's like, well, I want you to apply to be the assistant principal at SkyPoint. I mean, not the principal at SkyPoint for the elementary. And I'm like, why would I drive all the way out to SkyPoint? <laughs> I live in Anderson. <laughs> That's a long ride. He's like, well, just 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 send me the your resume. I'm like, John, I don't. I'm, I'm happy where I am. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Just just send me your resume. Well, I only had 30 minutes to get it to him, so I sent him my resume. And then he called and said, I want you to come to an interview. And I'm like, John, why am I coming to an interview? I haven't even thought about it. This is something I want to do. I don't want the job. <laughs> Again, it's by Mount Charleston, and I live by Lake Las Vegas. Why do I want to drive 70 miles a day, you know? So I went to the interview. <laughs> so why would I go here? So I arrive at the well, interview. I, I, went, I went to the interview because he's he's like you. He's very... um encouraging and, and persuasive he, persuasive he wouldn't wouldn't let me let it go so okay so then i went to the interview and then i went left and then i get a call and he said well you're a finalist i need you to come and interview with the board and i'm like <laughs> okay i haven't even thought about if I'm gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> so at that time i'm like well i better have a conversation with my wife and really talk about this see if it's something that i i want to do and so I thought a lot about it. I pondered about it. My wife and I talked about it. And so we decided to go ahead with it. So I came and I interviewed with the board and they offered me, they ended up offering me the position for the elementary to be the principal there. And then I went forward just doing my job. And then John starts talking to me and we went to Florida and we visited the schools down there. and. Then two days before I started, he says, uh, by the way, they're having a board meeting tonight and they might, you know, get rid of the high school principal. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then, then I get a text, hey, the board's going to call you in five minutes and you need to say yes. <laughs> and they offer you the whole school. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I did get a phone call and I did say yes. And then... um I had like no time to to do anything. The summer was over, and we just put it together. And Mr. Matson, who's here working again um, as a long-term sub, he was an AP that was here. And then Emery was at the elementary. And other than that, we had nobody, so we had to hire some APs. And then we and I remember going home every day, going, 
what did I get myself into? (laughs) (laughs) It was like three months I said that to myself every day driving home. I say that quite frequently (laughs) right now for all the listeners at home. And so does my wife. Um, But we slowly built things. We, um, I learned a lot that year. I learned um, that I could do this. I learned, Mm -hmm. you know, um, things about high school. I'd never been a high school principal. And, you know, you have transcripts and you have, you know, things that kids have to have to be able to graduate. And scheduling is very different than at elementary. And so Mr. Madsen was an incredible help that year to be able to help us be able to do the things that we needed to. And, and, you know, we were able to build, start to build K-12 structures to put a K-12 system in place because prior to that it was elementary and middle and high and they really did not work together. So we started to build K-12 structures and um, put things into place and started hiring individuals. And uh, the second year I was able to have a better understanding and we were able to build, you know, some people chose to leave and we were able to hire um, more people and I, I know and believe that if you hire the greatest people and then you empower them to do their job, great things happen. That's when he hired me. <laughs> we, were, we, we were able to hire Mrs. Mrs. Wagner. Let me tell that was you. A, that was a Fogler comment. That, I was going to say something, but you beat me to it. So <laughs> I think I had to make a couple phone calls after her interview. And I think we had to talk about new shoes and diamonds. <laughs> what is this we job going to get sure. me? <laughs> we did. Actually, I had a job at Durrell, an assistant principal job. And then I came in interview with Lee, and I'm like, no, I got to go to it. But he did call a couple times. But... Well, I think that's the common denominator with everybody who works here is that they interview with them. I had no idea I was coming <laughs> yeah. here for that. So I think a lot of people feel like that. Yeah. Uh, another question. So when I did interview here and I found out about the leader in me, uh-huh. it I got the book. I read it instantaneously, but it spoke to me because I felt like as like a school setting, just the behaviors and empowering students and like you said, the teachers and administrators. Um, so how did that come into the school? So actually, that was a discussion that was already starting to take place and the board had already bought in that they wanted to be a leader in me system. And that was one of the things in coming here that I was excited about because I had used the leader in me at my previous school. And, you know, we had tried everything. I had phenomenal teachers and they worked really hard, but most of the kids came to school. They came from apartments, um, low income housing, and so forth and they didn't really care about school they came because their parents sent them to school because it's a state law and so we were able to embed the leader in me start to help change the culture um, start to teach the kids about the habits so that they could take responsibilities for themselves and then we started to set goals with them and when they started setting goals and realized that they could could achieve those goals they got excited about their learning and everything started to change And when they started to get excited about their learning, then they took responsibility for their learning. And the year I left, when we got our star rating, we had been two star forever. Um, We were a high four star. And it all was because the kids started to realize their value and they started to realize their potential. And then they started to realize that they could be a leader of their learning and, and we empowered them to do that. And 
when you so can cool. empower kids to to take responsibility for their learning great things can happen same thing with you know adults now, a lot of times people can't see their true ability if you can help them see their true ability then they they really step up and then uh, like also just because i think everybody listening at home probably knows this but currently like the ranking of our elementary and our middle school i mean that's got that's super exciting well the first or the second year at the end of the year our elementary actually ended up the number one elementary in the state. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So we were the first elementary in the state when it came down to the star rating. We had the, the highest star rating out of all the elementaries, um, which was absolutely amazing. And that year, our middle school also made significant growth and went from three star to five star and was in the top 10 for the whole state out of out of over, um, I don't know how many middle schools there are in the state. but. And then our our um, high school, we we were dinged two star because they got our graduation rates wrong, and they wouldn't change it at the state level. But technically, we were really four star. And so you know, again, you you put things in place, you hire great people, you allow them to to fulfill themselves and and do their greatness, and good things happen. Same thing with kids, you know, you empower them and and great things. This past year. You know, our elementary ended up being 25th in the state. Um, we had a few years of COVID where, you know, they didn't didn't keep track of stuff, but 25th out of over 400 schools is still amazing. And our middle school was ninth, which is absolutely amazing. And our high school, we were right there with, um, we were 66.5, Arbor 66, Centennial 66. Um, you know, we're right there with our high schools, so. I think last year USA Today ranked us 46th in the nation at high school. That's exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. So and so we're going well, right direction. I know in our admin meeting we can't share the conversations that we were there, but do you have one story maybe from your childhood that you could share to some of the parents and the people at home that you know maybe you've learned from a lesson from? <laughs> Just and remember, one? Mr. Esplin has three boys. So he taught them some interesting lessons. Three smart young men too. Well, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll share two. Okay, um, go ahead. Yeah, it's for sure. I mean, this is technically you. This is your podcast. I said when I when I first did this, I was like, this can get canceled at any minute. So. <laughs> so remember, I come from a small town, and when I worked in Boulder City, they used to refer to Boulder City as a small town. Twenty-five thousand people live in Boulder City. To me that's not a small town. The small town I came from was 1,800 people. That was a small town. My graduating high school class was 54 students. Everyone was related to everyone? Um, and so everybody I, knew everybody for sure. They knew everybody. I don't know if they were all related, but uh, they definitely knew everybody. So when you come from a small town, you don't have, you know, we had a movie theater, but it ended up being shut down because the the ceiling was falling in and they condemned it. <laughs> so you you don't have you don't have a mall, you don't have anywhere to go to, you don't have any you so you have did to Did you have paved roads? Uh, we did have main paved roads. Side <laughs> roads were not paved. Yeah. They they were dirt and mud and, and everything else. So you you know, you went into the mountains, you hung out with your friends, you did things. So my friends and I decided that we wanted to have some fun and before they built the new high school, the other high school went um, up the road by my friend's house and there was we didn't have cement sidewalks we had dirt sidewalks and um, there was a row of pine trees that went down in front of this person's house to the corner and 
so my friends and I, we wanted to have a little fun. And when there would be a, like a game at the high school, we it was a perfect time because there's a lot of cars coming up that street to go to the high school. So we took this old purse and we took Monopoly money and we stuffed it in the purse so it was like sticking out. And then we put fishing wire on the purse <laughs> and and we put it out in the street and then we had it and we would hide down there in the trees <laughs> and people would come by and they'd see and they'd stop and then they'd back up and then they'd reach out to grab it and we'd pull it a little. And then Ladies I'd, and gentlemen, <laughs> this is how TikTok videos started before the days of TikTok. There's no videos. <laughs> so then they'd back up a little and then they'd we pull it a little more and and then they'd you know that some of them would yell at us and sometimes they'd get out and and we'd run and then we got we got to where we were pretty brave um one guy he got he got kind of mad at us so he actually locked up his brakes and um screeched on our our, our purse and so we had to find another one because it kind of destroyed it but so um one night we're doing it and there was there was a gentleman who lived halfway up the that street and he would yell at us and get after us and we never could figure out why because we weren't doing anything to really harm people and um so one night we we were doing it and you know we we didn't run very much but we we'd run down to the edge of the this guy's property and there was a fence a wooden fence that was poles so they were stacked and um we would run down and then go over the fence and over into my friend's backyard where we could hide. And this this gentleman who would get mad at us, he he was missing an arm. Um, he had had an accident when he was a kid and he was missing an arm, but he had one of those um, prosthetic arms that has like the hook on the end of it so he could put things in it and that. And so the one night this this car decides to stop and they got out so we we took off running and as we ran down and went to go over that fence he stood up he was hiding there <laughs> he, he set up a trap for them he stood up that was so smart oh man he came over that fence he chased my buddy down the street and my buddy went through the neighbor's screen door <laughs> why no video too bad my other buddy it scared him so bad he ended up they ended up taking him to the hospital because because he had we should laugh this is part where we edit this up because he was throwing up i mean he was he was so frightened i was i was able to kind of circle back and then go and so anyway a little later on i became really good friends with the guy um I ended up working for him. And so I said to him, I'm like, why why did you get so mad about us and you know, you wanted to chase us? And he said, Because when you would run around the back, he said you would scare my horses. Oh. I'm like, Well, oh. maybe if you had the thirteen trust behaviors, <laughs> oh, you, you would understand. This? No, I didn't know the thirteen <laughs> trust behaviors back then, but it's like you would have known to talk straight. You could have yeah. just come and talked to us and yeah. said, Hey, look, you're scaring my horses and right. we would have stopped running through there but he wanted to scare you like he scared you guys scared his horses exactly so back in the day (laughs) we didn't have the we didn't know the five you know so habit number five is seek first to understand he didn't seek first to understand no (laughs) he just was like i'll get these guys he played the eye for an eye (laughs) a different a different book that he was using (laughs) yes a different habit
<laughs> so um, that's awesome. That, that, that was that was one of the things that we did did for fun. Um, a school thing. I'll share a school thing. So, oh, I, where I grew up, and it was back in the day that, you know, my friends had pickup trucks. I didn't have a pickup truck. I had a car. But, um, you know, you came to school. You had your pickup trucks. When you were done, you went hunting. You, you know, you did what whatever. And they'd back them all up in the parking lot. And, of course, we had, had you know, dirt parking lots we didn't have. And so, anyway, the one night... Um, my friends, some of them had had been over at my house, and my one friend left, and he um, apparently didn't make it home. But we didn't know that he didn't make it home. He decided that um, he would go looking for deer, spotlighting on his way home, because he lived in a small town about 10 miles from the town that I lived in. Well, apparently, while he was spotlighting deer out in the fields, the guy was watering his fields. So. He, he got his truck stuck up to the, the floor oh, bed, no. and he couldn't get out. So he slept the night out in the field. So I'm in class the next day, and um, I get this call. My my parents were out of town, and I get this call, um, Mr. Esplin, you need to come down to the office. So I go down to the office, and they tell me, um, there's a gentleman on the phone. Um, your cows are out, and you need to go take care of it. I mean... Think about it. Your cows. How, how many people call the school to tell <laughs> say, you? There's the a bunch of cows everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> you, you All right, you can have your permission to leave. Not Vegas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can leave. Just go take care of the cows and come back. So anyway, I pick up the phone. Hello? And as soon as I hear my, it's my buddy. And he called and lied and told them that my cows were out. To come help so me. So that they would get me out of class to come to the phone. Sounds like Ferris Bueller. Because he knew that's the only way that he could get them to give me. So then he's like, hey, I'm stuck. You need to come pull me out because I can't get my truck out. And I'm stuck in, in this field. Well, when he told me where he was stuck and what field he was in, that was the field right next to my dad's field. And... Um, mm. I knew that if I went down and pulled him out and there was big marks, you know, because we would have had to leave big marks across this guy's alfalfa field, um, I wouldn't live to talk about it. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't come and pull you out. I would, you know, I'll never live to tell this story. <laughs> so he's like, well, could you get the Joe Town boys? So the Joe Town. <laughs> Joseph was another small town that drove to our school and the Joe Town boys. They all had trucks and they would do anything. So, sure enough, I I let the Joe Town boys know and they went and they pulled him out. And yes, they did leave these big, um, not divots, but where they drove all across this guy's field. So I was very grateful that I could live to tell this story basically years later <laughs> yeah. because um, that you, guy had to be mad. Yeah, he he was not happy that um, he found that in his field, but. I didn't do it, so I, <laughs> That's I didn't. That's the talk straight. You know, if my dad came to me, I could talk straight to my dad and say, no, I don't know. <laughs> I might be manipulating in the background, but it's not me. I knew about it. Somebody out there's got to call in someday and talk to Esplin and say, hey, i got to get my kid out for the cows. Yeah, the cows. That's how they'll know that we have a lot of fans listening to this. You're going to get the phone call now. That could be so fun. So, I, you know, things are definitely different when I went to school umpteen years ago. But, For sure. Um, and definitely different in a small town. All right. So the last part of this podcast, we always try to have some hard-hitting questions. Okay. And so Hard-hitting. this is the 
the number one it's been a debate with everybody we brought in so far and like there's only really one correct answer to this now that we've been doing this for a while sure so if we put every action hero together and it was like a battle royale and there's gonna be one surviving and when we say action hero we're not talking superhero it has to be the character they're in that area who are you going with <clears throat> well before i give you my mine i have to say that um you know i do listen to the podcast <laughs> and um you know they've been really good oh, and, and i appreciate that you started to put students on there because it was great to listen to um mr tomei um yeah, and the fun. things he had yeah. to share but um i have to say that i have to go with miss wagner on the friends whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Yeah. that has been close that, that is, is close. close you prefer friends over is this let me tell you my kids knew the office inside and out my kids quote the office I had to listen to The Office because they watched it yep. over and over and over again. The greatest show ever. And Friends. I have to say, I never ever could say that I, I got the, the humor of it. <laughs> so. And I look at you going, you might not think I'm funny then. <laughs> this is the first that he's laughing at this, but I'm pretty sure that means you do not find me funny. No, I find you very funny. <laughs> I just, it was a dry humor that I never, ever, I mean, I could watch it. I just didn't get out of it what they got out of it. Friends, however, I watched Friends, and I laughed, and, and the humor was something I could, could connect to. And, and I know that the sales for, for Friends probably far outweighs the, the sales for The it Office. Does. But, um, so I, I have to say I'm sorry, but um, in that in that instance, um, I had is to that your partner. Well, is that your favorite show, though, of all time? Nanny, nanny, nanny. No, wait, wait. But he, he might not even go with Friends. What's the greatest show of all time? You know what? If I'm going to go to a show that I watched as a kid that – I thought was hilarious and you know we watch it from time to time now um i i would have to go with three's company <laughs> <laughs> that I is the least I, I would company. never have thought those words would come out <laughs> for sure i'm so scared to make a comment or, or, though because or, he's the boss or Arch, summers archie bunker suzanne summers was scandalous like my my dad banned us from watching both of those. Like my dad said, watched it with me when I was a kid. <laughs> so watch, this is a good part. This is a good part. Let's watch Suzanne Summers with the thigh master. <laughs> All right. So going back to the action heroes, though, do you have an action movie that you love? An that you action think? movie. Um, you know what? It's it's pretty far fetched, which most of them are. Um, there's not a real a lot of realism to them. And they can make movies really good nowadays. But I would have to go with um, 007 and, and James Bond. He's He's got to be one of So one So of Mr. Fawcett thought and – and I think that this is interesting because 007 has so many different actors that played him. Uh -huh. So the characters – like Fawcett didn't even say 007. He actually said Daniel Craig, the actor. Uh -huh. The guy like drinking tea and probably uh -huh. on set and not actually <laughs> punching anybody. He's like, he would be able to take you in a cage match. And I said 0% chance. I will take that challenge anytime Daniel Craig has an opportunity to come down here. But which 007 would you think is the best? Is there an actor that played the character? I like the original. I don't even I don't know who the original who character Moore. was. Um, is it Roger Moore? He's the original? Isn't it him? Uh, you didn't go Sean Connery? Oh, maybe Sean you know Connery. Sean Connery's, I yeah, think, the best. Yeah, I, would, I would probably go Sean Connery. Sean Connery's got to be. Yeah. Okay, but we talked last time. I think Rambo could easily... Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, those, those are both wrong answers. I mean, they're both yeah, incorrect. That, that's because Rambo was somebody who actually is 
not just a, a, an actor. It's somebody who actually works out and yeah, he can Sylvester take Stallone. Yeah, yeah, Sylvester Stallone, and but but that's what I said is like so you take Sylvester Stallone, but the correct answer of course is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dutch. I mean that's the greatest action hero Rambo of all time. Could take him. No, but but zero percent chance. Yeah. All, all Arnold Schwarzenegger could say was. What was it? I'll be back. I'll be back. No, he said Austin. He had tons of things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the greatest action hero of all time. You can never bash Arnold for anything. You have got to start taking. He was Mr. Olympia. I will give it to you if it comes to bodybuilding. He was the ultimate all-time bodybuilder. And acting. When it comes to acting, all he could do is, I'll be back. He wasn't an actor. That's Terminator. You contradict yourself because you said that your favorite show was um, uh, Rocky IV. The movie, When he went against. The Russian. The Russian. Russian. And what do you use when you're doing push-ups? I use Rocky. No, no, I'm saying Rocky for working out. No, no. For working out. For fitness, Rocky is the greatest fitness. But if they were in a battle royale, look at no. Arnold Schwarzenegger's arms. He would squash Sylvester no. Stallone. No, because because Sylvester Stallone is much quicker than him. Mm-hmm. And he That's can't right. run because he's got these big muscles. He runs in every one of his movies. He's super oh, he fast. Does not. He does. All, it's all side effects. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing a mic drop right here. Poof. We'll have this so, Rambo. We'll have this more debate next time. Thank you so much, Mr. Esplin, for joining Absolutely. us. Absolutely. It's awesome to work here. Thank yes, you, Miss Wagner. Love it. Hope you guys have a great day.